Welcome to the Stories We Don't Tell, a podcast about storytelling. Well, it's great to be back on the podcast. Yes, where have you been? Nowhere. Uh, I was just replaced by Monica. Oh uh, yes, for a brief, uh, for a for a five episodes stint, four episodes. Yeah, it was five. Five episodes. Yeah, well, it was fun to have Monica on. Uh, we just uh, want to thank her for uh, coming on and doing uh, doing the, a few episodes. She's always welcome. She's part of the family. Yeah, exactly. She comes. She comes to all our brunches just to have our food, which is, again, I should I should I should mention the fact that we don't actually have food anymore, and she still comes. Yeah. I think which is the most important part. Yes, because actually she's the one that usually brings snacks. It's if true. Anybody does. Yeah. Now that we've stopped bringing food, it's just we just rely on Monica to bring us some food. Yes. In fact, we had the, our first foodless one ever. Oh, because uh, was on Monica Saturday, not there? Monica didn't make it. Oh. Uh, and you weren't there to bring your homemade cookies. Right. Uh, and so it was just it was just me and a couple other people. All of us sad that we had no food. Yes, I, I, I would uh, thank you for bringing that up because I, I do make it a point to to bake some of my cookies. Sometimes they're just chocolate chips, sometimes they're oatmeal. Mm. Um, but I actually have uh, my own packaging. I make like the plastic pa- packaging and it's then impressive. I seal them up. Yeah. Uh, it's And then I even put a price on them sometimes just in case somebody wants to know you know, how much they, they, they cost. I'm going to say your prices are low. Like you're making, you're making, what is it? Maybe 40 or 50 Oreo substitutes from scratch. Yeah. And then putting on like a 499 on that stuff. That's that you need to raise your prices. Yeah. Yeah. No, I know. But, uh, I did mention their chocolate chip and their oatmeal, but the real ingredient that I use is love. Mm. That's the, to be fair, that, that's, that is why I continue to eat them. Yes. Uh, also, the, the the packaging is is, is impeccable. Yeah. Like I don't even know where I don't even know how you'd make like realistic difficult. packaging of that nature. It's difficult. Although there is probably some trademark issues, given that you consistently name them after the the things you're emulating, right. or improving upon, perhaps. Yes. Well, you know, um, I think uh, I think cookies are a good segue to what uh, we're we're doing today really i was going to say that uh the point was that we would thank monica uh and for for her excellent five episodes and was there i feel like she probably managed to go five episodes without an extended intro banter about something meaningless mm-hmm. uh, so i feel like i that's all i'm bringing back to the show oh, is, yeah. hey everyone you know how you liked monica actually saying things that mattered too late uh, I have I've changed I've changed this back. Yeah, well, you know, Monica doesn't fuck around. She's no. uh, just getting right down to it. Yeah. So uh, maybe in the spirit of Monica, <laughs> we'll get right down to it. Exactly. Uh, so what we're going to do, like we've been doing uh, this this uh, all the second season, is we've been doing like little kind of series. Like we'll come up with a concept and then we'll do four or five uh, you know episodes around that concept. And uh, maybe uh, for the listeners out there, uh, Stefan, maybe you can bring us through um, what we're going to be doing for the next, you know, few episodes. Basically, we're doing interviews mm. uh, again. You yeah, know, we we liked doing interviews the first season, mm-hmm. um, and and we're bringing them back. We're bringing uh, and, them and, back. And in some sense, we're we're, we're going to play around with them again because last season we also sort of had been in front of different ty- kinds of interviews. Mm-hmm. You know, whether it was uh, a be- being a, the being the subject of a story, um, or whether it was being you know the experience of going through it, or maybe it was just actually just asking a bunch of questions about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we're doing all of those. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, not the subject one, I don't think. But maybe you will. Who knows? Yeah. Um, but yeah, we're going to have a bunch of different storytellers on who've told stories over the last six months. Um, and, and what do you mean? Seven months? Eight months? 
Anyways, and I'm out of months. Yeah, this year, yeah. Yeah, um, and uh, and then we'll have one actually, which will be very interesting, which will be before they tell the story. Mm. We're gonna we're gonna do a live workshop, uh, and then and then and then have a uh, then have then have the story ended, which mm. will be fun. Yeah, you could see how it starts. You can see it at inception, and then you can see it at the uh, final product. Yeah. So, th- so that's what we're doing. Uh, and today, mm-hmm. uh, we're doing two interviews, sort of mini interviews, shall we say? Oh, really? With who? Uh, I think someone named. Uh, I think one one of the people we're interviewing is named Paul Dorr. Oh, sounds like a dork. Yeah, I'm not. You know, I'm not. I'm not the most excited doing this interview. Yeah, uh, but, I wouldn't be either. But the producer said I had to do it. Oh, so, right. Yeah. So, uh, who's the other one now? Uh, Stefan. Hmm. Mm. Hostetter? Hostetter? I think it's Hostetter. Okay. Yeah. I think I think that's what I was told once. Really? Yeah. And did I get the first name right or it close enough. Yeah. It, some people say Steven. Steven. Yeah. Um but you know Steven Host Hofstetter. So but wait a second. Steven is is spelled two different ways and in neither one there's an F. Yeah, I know. It's very confusing. Uh, especially given that his father is named Stephen, uh, and oh. the whole point of naming him Stephen was to not name him the same thing. Wow! Uh, and yet, still, uh, he demands demands to go by Stephen. Really? Yeah. Well, He's you know, trying to change the F into a V, and everyone is against it. Well, people call me Peter, so maybe it's just a, 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 <laughs> the letter at the beginning. It, it confuses people. Yeah, they just they just run afterwards. Yeah. Well, uh, well, I think we're doing a story first. Yeah, so we're going to do, uh, you're going to hear uh, a story that, um, that I did uh, just a few weeks ago, and then we're going to come back, we're going to do a, a little uh, uh, Q&A, as they say in the, uh, the storytelling business, and, uh, and then um, <laughs> we're going to um, then switch it over to uh, Stephen's story, yeah. and uh, come back for a little uh, you know, Q&A, Again, as they say, as they say yeah. in, in the biz. In the <laughs> In the in the in the s, s storytelling biz, uh, with with Stephen, with you. All right. Well, uh, shall we begin with Paul? Paul, take it away. I just want to do a very quick poll. You don't have to participate if you don't want to. Um, how many people, show of hands, are in a relationship of some kind, like a romantic relationship? And it could be anything. Whatever. Okay. I'm not going to ask who's single because we know who we are. (laughs) (laughs) So I figure with my calculations, 57% of you might find this mildly amusing. And 43% of you just might get sad. <laughs> Sorry. So I have three, a list here of a few things, um, a few ways that I have attempted to find uh, my significant other, my, my, uh, my better half, my partner in crime. So first I thought, I have a pretty active social life. Maybe I can meet somebody uh, with shared interests um, at one of the many events that I go to. You know, meet somebody uh, face-to-face instead of profile pic to profile pic. (laughs) And this did happen. 
I met somebody at a storytelling event. And uh, we started hanging out. And uh, one time we were, we were hanging out and she was telling me about all of the, uh, the jerks. That's her word, not mine. <laughs> that she has been dating. And uh, she said to me, I just wish I could meet somebody like you. <laughs> and I said to her, you've met somebody like me. And uh, I learned that sometimes uh, a truthful thought should just remain as a thought and not become words. Because I suggested maybe we should go out on a date, like a real uh, date. And uh, she said, why don't you ask me tomorrow? So tomorrow, I just texted her and apologized if I had created an awkward situation. So a few weeks go by, and I wanted to uh, rekindle our friendship. So I invited her out to a storytelling event. Uh, High-stakes storytelling. I don't know if anyone's been to that show before. She was very excited. Uh, and then she told me uh, or asked if, if she could bring someone with her. Uh, Vladimir seemed very nice <laughs> at first. Um, the first thing he did was he ordered a giant plate of ribs and he just started going to town on these ribs. And for the entire show, he was either talking, like whispering or, or eating these ribs. And like I said, these were stories with high stakes. So one, one woman told us a story about growing up in Afghanistan and how she would get routinely stopped by soldiers at gunpoint going to school. Vladimir's just eating his ribs. <laughs> a man told us about how his country erupted in a civil war and how he, how he uh, kept his three younger brothers safe. He's just going to town on these ribs. He's licking his fingers. And at the end, I said, uh, I asked Vladimir what he thought of the stories. And he shrugged and he said, well, I guess it beats staying home and watching television. <laughs> and I thought, it beats staying home and watching television. <laughs> so due to his complete lack of any intellectual or emotional curiosity, I took two rib bones and I stuck them up his nostrils. <laughs> I didn't do that. <laughs> I, just, <laughs> I really wanted to. <laughs> so we're scratching off meet someone at events. <laughs> So uh, a friend of mine, uh, she, this happened to her, and, and she said, well, maybe you already know that person, that special someone. And uh, it just so happened that around that time, 
uh, an ex-girlfriend of mine got in touch with me. Our relationship was, you know, years ago, but we got together and uh, we caught up on each other's lives. And I just thought this was a, a sort of one-off, you know, thing. And then she called me a few days later and we had one of those hours-long, sprawling conversations and she finally got around to what she wanted to talk to me about. And she said, maybe we should get back together. And uh, I said, well, why do you think that's a good idea? And she said, uh, well, we're both single. We're in our 30s. We're really running out of options. <laughs> I think we agree that that I thought that was not a very good foundation upon which to build a relationship on. And I told her that, and sometimes a truthful thought <laughs> should just remain as a thought and not become words. Because she didn't like that. So we're scratching off someone I already know. But she had a point, she did have a point. Uh, I'm running out of options. So I decided to uh, reinitialize my OkCupid okay account online. And I looked through the matches and uh, I come across somebody that has a 94% match with me. And her profile said this. I like roasting beets and baking pie while listening to This American Life. Message me if you care about the state of the world and you can make me laugh. Well, I care very deeply about the state of the world. But I latched on to those, these three things. Trying to make her laugh, This American Life, and beats. <laughs> And so I'm gonna, I have the message here that I wrote to her. <laughs> but um, before I do that, I'm just going to save us some time and scratch off <laughs> online data. <laughs> so this is the actual message I wrote this. And please understand that I did not you know, think this through because the first thing I did was I googled uh, jokes about the root vegetable beets. <laughs> and as an aside, there are a lot of e websites that are just about vegetable jokes. <laughs> <laughs> One day two beats who were best friends were walking together down the streets. They stepped off the curb and a speeding car came around the corner and ran one of them over. 
The uninjured beat called 911 and helped his injured friend as best he was able. The injured beat was taken to emergency at the hospital and rushed into surgery. After a long and agonizing wait, the doctor finally appeared. He, sold, he told the uninjured beat, I have good news and I have bad news. The good news is that your friend is going to pull through. The bad news is that he's going to be a vegetable for the rest of his life. <laughs> yeah, there's more. Felt it was necessary to just put this at the end. <laughs> what can I say? I like a good beat joke. Especially when I heard it on This American Life. <laughs> and then I sent this. And then when I imagined somebody getting this on their computer or their phone, uh, I immediately deleted my account. <laughs> And I would just like to take this opportunity to very publicly announce that I am retiring from dating. Thank you. Yeah, that was, uh, that was, that was quite touching. Uh, it, it, touching? I don't know if that would be the, the, the word for it, but sure. Oh, I'm going to go with touching. Okay. Uh, so... So I'm going to go. I'm going to jump uh, through a couple different kinds of questions here. Uh, okay. So we'll start with the with a more useful question, and we'll sort of go from there to less useful questions. Oh. Uh, so the most useful question I can think of is what you did interestingly here uh, is you managed to take um, a theme and turn that theme into a story. Mm -hmm. And and more often than not, people might get lost in the fact that you know. It's difficult, I think, to, to bring a audience through three different vignettes of your life um, in a way that doesn't sort of make them lose track of what's going on or, or who's happening and what's happening. Mm -hmm. um, so, so sort of, ha and yet, I think by perhaps, and correct me if I'm wrong, uh, creating a pretty strong sense of character from the very beginning and being very much yourself in the moment to then is going to look back with everyone into these three vignettes. Uh, you sort of able to be able to maintain a... Um, should I say uh, an ongoing theme or ongoing uh, through line to the story? Mm -hmm. uh, can you tell us a bit about that process? Sure, yes. I, I think uh, the first thing I would like to say is that um, I think one of the only reasons why the story was, uh, was well received is because I was uh, heavily drugged at the time. Mm. Um, I was sick, and I just want to let everyone know that I went home after this event and I didn't get out of bed for about four days. Which is impressive because you were on fire. Like, <laughs> yeah, I was you know, stoned, that's yeah, why. Yeah, you, like, not I was only stoned and there was like a little, and a little drunk too, so it was not good. But yeah, like, I, people I like, laughed their mouth, like they, this was, you killed. <laughs> but I just was like, I need to get through this somehow with mm. just like any substances that I can like muster. Um, anyways, I, I feel like... Um, I don't know why it, it's not uh, out of any larger idea or anything, but the now the last three stories that I've told all come in three parts. I mm. don't know why. <laughs> um, it's not intentional, but you know the little tricks that I that I just picked up along the way is not. It's not that you're telling 
three separate stories is that you're telling one story like it's like one story with three acts right and it's just a matter of you know setting it's we've been doing this for long enough and so i should hope that we picked up tricks or 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 ways that that work that you know you can you can figure out and some of them is just you know taken from either stand-up comedy or or little things that i've tried myself that seem to work is you know kind of callbacks or you know connecting things up and then you know making like it's tough right because it's not you're not wanting to hit the audience over the head and be like huh yeah Mm. see this second story is related to that first story because of this right like you want uh, this story for me was actually an interesting experiment because it was I was playing a lot in the writing of it with the editing is the idea my when I approached this I was like did what we always do write it all out and then I'm like I want to remove as many words as I can but still get like the point across and it was kind of fun just going in and 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 trying to wanting to let the audience fill in those gaps so I don't know if that answers the question, but it's an answer. Sort of. I I think I'm interested. In, I feel like what you ended up doing was you sort of set up the three stories at the beginning to some extent. You you sort of created the agenda, shall we say, of what the of what the story would be taking us through, aka your different types of dating experiences. Mm-hmm. Um, and then and so that sort of gave them them a thematic plot to connect the three of them. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then to to connect them continually as you went through the story, you sort of used a form. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, you, you had the same line, you repeated the line, you came back to some stuff. Right. And so it was sort of as if you, at the beginning, you set up a, a, a through line of plot. And then to reinforce the, the, the narrative, you sort of used tone and, and form as a way to bring it all back. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I think that's what let you finish the story in a way that people felt like they heard a story. You know, that's the difficult thing. The difficult thing about this is that you tell three stories in poorly or even not, not perfectly. And people will leave thinking they hold, t- they heard three small vignettes, right? Not a story. Yeah. And I think the sort of these couple different things you did allowed it to feel like a story. I, uh, I think this gets back to, uh, stuff that we have talked a lot about either on the podcast, probably, or um, during our workshops or whatever is is that idea that um, when you're ta- if you're talking about something and if you take like dating uh, as an example, everybody has probably I assume been on a, out on a date at or, some point or at least have experienced romantic interest. Yeah, like whatever. Yeah. And I'm not even being specific about the things that I'm talking about is that um, in the story, but so that it's like a familiar thing and what i was referring to is when we said well people are thinking of their like they're in imprinting their story on mm-hmm. what you're talking well, about well, there's a moment there's a moment in this story which i don't know if you can hear on the recording um where you said something and then there's a snort Oh, uh, right. Very, very audible snort from the audience. And then everyone laughs at that. Like everyone, because yeah. that moment of like how much you clearly had nailed this one person's experience in the audience right. became sort of a, a hilarious moment outside of the, you know, it, it itself wasn't necessarily a joke, but it was, you know, it was this one moment that so perfectly captured this person's experience that it, that the whole, the whole room erupted again. Yeah. Well, because it's, uh, it's, 
again, it's 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 taking those familiar things, those familiar stories or you know experiences that I think a lot of people have, but then also doing what you what you had said is that you know you're you're bringing your own story to it or you're bringing your own experience to it and kind of mashing those things together and it really to me again it took me a while to 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 understand this or learn that this is actually true but that idea that you're uh the more personal you make a story the more universal it becomes that seemed like such an easy thing to say or you know one of those things that you're like Ugh, this that's stupid. Hmm. But then it's true is that, you know, I, I don't know how you feel with, with a lot of your stories, but the ones that seem to hit are the ones when you're like, you kind of just strip it all away and you're like, this is a simple thing that I'm going to tell you about. And that's what people seem to, to connect with. Yeah. And I think, well, I think it also has to do with the fact that you're connecting to a, uh, to, to the, to, when you're doing something that really matters to you, you're, you're describing your feelings and you're mm-hmm. describing more uh, emotion-based mm-hmm. um, or, or you're describing from your eyes outward, shall we say? Mm-hmm. Um, and and I think that is what makes it more universal. And more often than not, if you're trying to tell a story that's sort of less about you or you're more moved from, you're probably doing more uh, describing the, what's happening. Mm-hmm. You know, like this person went this way or this other thing happened. Mm-hmm. And that's, you, you. no one connects to that. You, there's no amount of describing, you know, plot uh really that that you can get people to engage on their seats they can engage on the edge of their seats for sure with plot, right. but you're not gonna you're not gonna feel universal i feel like you know this kind of relates to one of your earlier questions is that i honestly went back and forth the way that i started the story was i kind of did a a, a very scientific poll at the <laughs> beginning but the idea was I, I was going back and forth on it because i was like well i hate when people say uh, I, I'm going to tell you this kind of story. But at the same time, I, I wanted to say, this is like to kind of bring them in right from the beginning and say, oh, I'm going to be talking about stuff that we all have an experience with, good or bad. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's kind of just like, let's, you know, kind of a way to connect connect them mm-hmm. and that kind of thing yeah well you also, and he also just needed a way to to, to again b- because you had to be the person in the room for this story you couldn't you know we I don't, we discuss this a lot about whether or not um you're the person who is uh sometimes the stories are you're the person in the room telling people about time that happened in the past mm-hmm. and sometimes your stories are you in the past mm-hmm. um and this story because you're doing three vignettes you needed to be the person in the room mm-hmm. uh, and so you needed a way to intro as the person in the room Mm-hmm. Rather than just jumping into a story, because you jump into the jump into the first vignette, it's not going to make any sense. But the second vignette, it doesn't, it's not clear. Yeah. Whereas by making yourself the sort of person in the room that's then discussing these three other experiences, you allowed yourself to 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 create that through line, which wouldn't have existed. Well, and I just think that also, um, I, the way that I kind of broke it up is saying, you know, some people are in relationships, and then there's other people that are single and. If they're single, probably they've had um, more or, or less, you know, degrees of, of experiences with dating. And all I want to say is that uh, dating really sucks generally. Mm. And um, I think a lot of people have similar feelings. <laughs> and sometimes it's just nice for somebody to hear somebody be like, yeah, 
this sucks. I know. Let's just laugh <laughs> right. because we'll cry instead. All right. So it brings me to the last question okay. uh, that I have for you, uh, which is, will we see the one and only Paul Dore or Peter Dore, depending on how you feel like going, back on the dating scene again? Well, I don't know. That's a tough question because... Uh, as you heard, as I retired, so... Um, yes, but so did Michael Jordan. Yeah, but he also went on to a very unsuccessful major baseball career, didn't he? Yeah, but then came back. Major yeah. league baseball, is that well, how you he, say it? He played in double A. He didn't make it the majors. Um, but uh, the point is, he then came back and won three titles. You could be married three times after this, which is not the way this dating works. But No, you know. yeah. Um yeah, I don't know if I want to go from like zero marriages to three so you to come quickly. Come back like Jordan. Yeah. Uh, well, okay. Well, the but but I like being compared to Michael Jordan because he's like the greatest athlete that's ever lived, or one of them, isn't he? Yeah, well, he's the he's arguably the best basketball player ever. Yeah, arguably. I think that's for another podcast. Oh, that's definitely a different podcast. Let's not get into who the greatest basketball player is. That's there are many, many, many other podcasts who could discuss that better. And, and you're also. There's no, I, you're talking to the wrong person. I know. I could uh, give you a bunch of weird other arguments for other people, but they would not. They would all fall on you on on not you know on ears that would not uh, care. I mm. guess is really the thing here. So uh, using that as a segue, let's see how this works. Uh, um, we're going to, uh, you know, who I actually think is is from what I I understand you were. Uh, a former baseball player yourself. That is that is true. Yeah. Sure. So uh, that's um, the segue we've gone with. All right. Carry yeah. on. Carry on. Uh, but it doesn't. Baseball has nothing to do with your story, and nope. it has nothing to do with um, with generally what we're going to be talking about at all. And um, I think that's okay because yeah. you know segues are all they're doing is 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 creating a space of time for you to change from one subject to another, and. Um, I think we've done it. Wow. So uh, we're going to be listening to uh, a story of yours, I believe. Right, that Stephen? Is, that is that is true, yeah. And uh, as a little aside, we had actually uh, planned to do a, a Q&A, as they say in the storytelling business, a Q&A yeah. uh, after this story at the event. But... It uh, went on very long. Yeah, and and there was like a a, a media multimedia uh, presentation involved and everything. So yeah, I have lots of questions about this. All right, well, uh, take it away, self. Story to step in, everybody. <laughs> so, whenever we start asking people, uh, the first question we ask at any one of these brunches that we run is. Why are you telling this story? Not as a sort of intentional uh, attacking way, but as a way to get you thinking about what is the piece that really, really matters to you and what is the piece that you want to actually convey. And if I'm being perfectly honest, uh, I don't 100% know the answer about that to this question, for this story. Uh, what I do know is that this story is about desperation, this story is about inspiration, uh, and this story is also about a TV. In fact, it's mostly about a TV. And this TV was uh, kind of a classic uh, old style. Uh, I, I believe they're called cathode ray tubes, but I said this once, my brother laughed at me, so I'm no longer certain about this. 
Uh, but they were the old, hey, you got a thumbs up. Oh, there you go, that's what they're called. Uh, and they're these old TVs, uh, is presuming I'm hoping all of you have seen them at least once or I will feel very old. Uh, but they're not the flat screen, they're the sort of big backed ones. And the thing about these TVs is that they're very, very front heavy and super awkward to carry long distances. Uh, and you know, all of the sort of electronics and glass were the front and the back was basically just a, you know, a bunch of plastic air and a way to have a light shining. There was, there were the, which, and then for some reason, usually they didn't have handles, which I've never figured out. Uh, but this TV had come and this TV was going to be uh, the savior of, 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 of me at this point. I was 24. In fact, it was about almost exactly four years ago. Um, and I had found this TV at my work. And I still worked uh, at U of T, where the job that I had had for the last four or five years at the time, uh, I had worked my way through university with this job. And even though I had graduated almost a year before, I was sort of terrified to let it go. Because surprisingly, uh, my, my double degree of philosophy and environmental studies hadn't given me a very obvious career path. <laughs> And so I was, just, I was stuck, and I was like, well, I desperately don't want to have no job, and so this is the job I'll stick with. On the plus side, it gave me a lot of access to free old TVs, which was about to you know, launch me into startup. Uh, and so I'd gotten this TV, and the, the story begins with me on the seven bus north. So I've uh, gotten this TV already onto the subway, all the way to Bathurst, gone onto the bus, and I'm now I'm sort of, the TV is sitting on a chair in front of me and I'm sitting beside it, uh, and, and we're, we're traversing north. And again, you know, it's, it's, it's it, because of my weird schedule, it's in the middle of the day, I'm not really, it's not too hard, but still, getting it into my apartment required me to sort of pick it up awkwardly, walk around one person, throw my body into the door, uh, fall halfway into the snowbank, and then like really sketchily uh, cross, uh, cross the jaywalk. Uh, with, with, with TV is way harder than you'd imagine. Without TV, easy. With TV, difficult. Uh, and so I get the TV finally into my house and into my living room. And the moment I do that, my living room transforms. Not because this TV is going to change my life as a TV, but because it begins the moment where this, this TV changes my living room into a set. So for context, my living room is you know, not that big. Maybe the size of this kitchen area here. Has a couple, it's all carpets. In fact, we have a second carpet on top of our first carpet uh, because what else are you gonna do with a second carpet but put it on top of the rest of the carpets? Uh, and, and a big sort of bay window because it was semi-basement. And very, very sort of orange, orange lights. Or like, a, you know, so not great for a set is the part of the purpose here. But it was, it was showtime. We were about to start the show, uh, which meant that we had to transform this. And so what that meant was we took our two uh, big lights. So these were lights that weren't normally on. They're in the corner. We sort of set them up. And these lights were, they weren't actually meant to be show lights. They were meant to light up uh, backyard rinks, um, which meant they were really bright, like really bright, but also meant that there was no guarding or any angling to them. And they were the hottest things you'll ever be near. Because at the time, you know, if it's outside, it's great. Inside, you are now living in a furnace. Uh, but what we learned is that lighting is important to video, and so they had to be there. Uh, so at this moment, Tyler is my roommate and myself. Uh, my brother Dave uh, and his girlfriend at the time, Liza, 
uh, four of us who are our crew uh, get to work. I and Tyler move all the couches and pull uh, our dining room table into the living room uh, and set it up directly in front of this Canadian flag that we used as our backdrop. Dave uh, got himself into his, his suit, uh, which, you know, again, in front of the lights meant that he was going to sweat buckets, but that was required for the shoot. Uh, as, as Liza set up the camera and helped Dave with his hair. Because while we were doing all of this, to sort of solve an existential crisis I was going through, which was that five months before, I had experienced my first September uh, without school, since I was four years old. Uh, and I needed to fill that time with something. And the answer in my mind was, well, I am going to start a YouTube show uh, that is the Canadian version of Stephen Colbert, but about the environment. <laughs> and this is gonna make a lot of sense. And this is definitely going to work. <laughs> I know I'm in the future, too. Um, thank you, Michael Bigula, for that joke. Uh, anyways, so uh, what we, to, to our credit, we did have some things going for us. We had, uh, in Dave, we had a natural actor. Uh, in my roommate Tyler and, and Liza, we had two excellent videographers. And the idea that was I would write the show uh, and then edit it afterwards. Um, and we did them in two weeks. So the first week was writing, uh, David would do some tweaks, and then we would shoot it on the Friday. The second week would be, uh, I would edit it, and then we'd release it on the next Friday, and then repeat. So this was a ton of work. 50, 60 hours a week, went into, or every two weeks, went into this collectively easy. And there was only one problem with this. No one watched them. <laughs> Just, you know, maybe, we got to about 100-ish people on average. Uh, which again, it was fun to do, so like it, we learned things, but the amount of effort and work we were putting into this, uh, just if we were going to be throwing them into the void, just didn't feel worth it. But this TV, this TV was the, was, the, was the savior of all of this. This TV was the brilliant piece that would rocket us into fame. Because what we were going to do with this TV was pretty simple. Uh, we were going to. Pretty simply, uh, we had a we had a media section in this episode, uh, and we were going to drop the TV. It was going to explode. Uh, we were going to use a screen capture of that explosion as the uh, as the foot uh, as, or as the as a, as a sort of thumbnail of the video, uh, and then everyone would see that, want to know why or the TV was exploding, watch it. Everyone would realize the brilliance that we had, and then boom, <laughs> instant fame. Genius, I swear. So, uh, as with any great idea, there were some doubters. Uh, first off, the TV itself was bigger uh, than, uh, than I had anticipated, but much bigger than my co-conspirators had pictured in their heads. Uh, my girlfriend at the time was pretty convinced that our, t that our actual table, kitchen, kitchen table that we'd be dropping it on wouldn't actually survive it landing. <laughs> Uh, my brother's girlfriend at the time, Liza, was kind of concerned about the idea of dropping a TV in front of her boyfriend. Um, and my roommate Tyler was concerned that the TV wouldn't explode in the way we wanted it to when we dropped it. <laughs> now, we couldn't actually test my girlfriend's theory, uh, because as soon as we dropped it once, and if she's right, end of table, uh, so can't do that. Uh, we figured Dave was cool with it, so we just tried to drop it anyways, and ignored that piece. 
Um, and, but for Tyler's, Tyler's I took seriously because we literally only could drop this TV once. That, that was true. Uh, and so it had to explode when we dropped it. And so we unscrewed every piece of the back paneling of the TV. So when we dropped it, it would like pop open. Uh, or at least so we thought, but again, we couldn't drop it once to find out. So this was as far as we could go. And with that, uh, we were ready. Uh, we, had, we were officially ready to take the shot. And so everyone had their role. Uh, Liza was gonna be working the camera. Uh, Dave was obviously the talent. And Tyler and I uh, were going to be holding the TV uh, above the shot so we could then drop it on the table. Pretty simple. And so we all get into position. Uh, we're holding it. Lights, camera, cut. You're in the shot. Liza flips the uh, little screen and shows to us that you can very clearly see both my legs and Tyler's legs in the shot. Because shockingly, given how wide the screen was, you, you, we just couldn't have enough arm length uh, to do this. Probably should have realized it before, but we had to get that far to do it. So we put it back down, and we sort of just all sat, sort of staring at this TV. Uh, because remember, this TV is going to solve all of our problems. This TV is, this TV is must fall. And the moment Tyler has this flash of brilliance, vanishes and comes back with a blanket. And we're like, of course. We fold the blanket in half, and then again in quarters, which gives us this you know, four fabric layer deep place where we put the TV in the middle, and then held it up. Suddenly giving us at least an extra you know, two, three feet on either side. This was going to work. Um, and so, with this new plan in place, uh, you know, Liza gets ready. Tyler and I, again, part of the problem again is, is remember, it's, it's sort of front heavy, and it's a little difficult, so we, we pick it up and we're sort of like balancing it back and forth, but it's not the most steady. Uh, and then we take one step onto our kitchen tables, that are, our kitchen chairs that we have to you know, give us enough height. Uh, and then another step, and now we're standing both over top of it. And we're sort of locking our, our hands at our hips uh, because that's the, easiest, that's the way to give us the most control over this. Uh, which, even though you know, it's relatively steady, it's still, still moving a little bit. And we're, we're not the most stoked about that, but this has to work. Lights, camera, cut. You're, you're still in the shot. Liza doesn't even bother flipping it around, but tells us that we have to actually lift it up higher. And so Tyler and I raise it all the way up to about our necks, um, which is much harder on the arms, actually, than we anticipated, uh, and gave us a lot less control. But what it did allow us to do is, is get it out of the shot. And we pulled it tight, uh, and so it you know, lifted the TV up a little bit in the middle. And it worked. And so we're standing there holding it, and my arm is aching, but, but Liza gives us a thumbs up. Lights. The orange, safety orange lights are still beating down on us and still ridiculously hot. Hotter now that we're having to sort of you know, balance this TV. Camera. The shot itself is actually kind of a wide shot. It captures the, entire, the entirety of the, uh, of the table, mainly because we didn't know exactly where the TV would fall and we didn't want to miss it. Uh, which also meant it caught a whole bunch of the back wall, uh, including a bunch of the outside space you couldn't even see with the, uh, with the flag as the backdrop. 
but it did successfully cut out what is obviously the most ridiculous part of the scene, uh, which was Tyler and I leaning back on these kitchen cha table chairs, pulling this purple blanket he just found seconds ago as his TV sits in the middle of it, like this, basically, and staring at each other, trying to balance and keep our center of gravity the same. Action. Dave starts with his lines. He's going through them and he's nailing them because he knows that he, he doesn't actually have the luxury of missing this one up. And he gets through a bunch of them and he sort of resets to say his last line and Tyler and I lose it. We just, you know, it, something happens. We don't have the full control of this thing. It tips and Liza screams. <laughs> and uh, a shadow crosses across our host's face. <laughs> And Dave throws himself backwards, pulling his hand off the table uh, as it slams directly in front of him, puncturing a, like an orange-sized hole in the middle of our table, exploding and flying off the other direction. <laughs> Tyler and I sort of stand still holding the sheet, looking downwards. We would make 11 more episodes of this show. <laughs> Rebranding after that one. We would never end up uh, with a consistent viewership. And I think for a long time I considered Guy Real a failure. But this shot, this shot I think will let you guys decide for yourselves. Next up, the media. Now, we might have noticed I've been a bit on edge today. And that's because we've been killing our mess. Luckily, that killer is me. This is Mass Meteor. Murder Murderalia. Macadamia. Gonorrhea. Murphy Dockerpan. And we're back uh, again. So um, I, I think maybe first we should say we're going to either provide a link or we're going to post this video to a, uh, you know, the video that the story was actually about that you just heard um, to our Facebook page. So this is a good opportunity for you to go on Facebook and uh, search for Stories We Don't Tell podcast yeah. and uh, like the page because then you'll see the video. No, it, to be fair, you could see the videos out liking the page, but... You no, know, no, it, come on. No, I'm no. I'm just saying that it would be nice if they did. That's not the way the internet works. Okay, they have to like it. Yes. Okay. Yeah, or else you don't get the video. Wow. That seems... I, I think I'm going to take a hard line on this one. <laughs> All right, well, fair enough. Uh, you guys, yeah, if you, if you watch the video and have not liked the page, you are violating international law. Yes, yes. Uh, Peter's law. Nice. It's like Murphy's law, but... But more Peter. important. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Well, I feel like Murphy's Law is, is, is not enforceable. Peter's Law is, has, uh, it's like, um, sea law? What's the, what's the, what's the... Oh, like when they're, you're in international waters? Yeah, all the, wa what's the law Just, that, it, oh, the law that covers the water? It, that's bullshit, though, because people always say that you're in international waters. Does that just mean you can murder and kill anything or no, do no, anything you want? There's specific other laws. There's like sea laws, but I've heard the name of it. Uh, let's just call them sea laws. Okay. So um, I, I'm very excited to to be able to finally ask some questions about this. My first question is, what the fuck were you thinking? Mm, excellent question. Yeah. Um, well, you know, there's, you know, when you get to a place <laughs> uh, when 
you've already decided you're going to do it. Like everything we had done, like I had written an entire script that was in, at least in part based on the ability to do this. We were, we were so far in invested in yeah. the, in the need to be able to get this done and the need to be able to have this TV drop. Um, that, that there's just, there was no other option. Like we, we, you know, we had to find a way. Mm-hmm. Um, and as the, as we encountered different difficulties, uh, you know, the, TV being too heavy for us to hold ourselves, us not being able to be standing and just holding it because we are in the shot. Mm. Uh, just keep, we just kept coming up with the next in, immediate solution. And right. now I, want, I will accept that theoretically uh, we should have thought of a different solution um, or at least considered alternate solutions before taking the very first one that came to mind every time. Instead, we basically just chose the same solution every time. I will also note that at least one person did tell me we were going to break my table um, and that this was stupid. Uh, but at the same time, we used that table for another year. Right. Yeah, maybe two. We used that table until we moved. Yeah. And it just had a hole in it and everything sort of like sank into it. So, uh, so, so you're, you're talking, so would you say you just had a, a, a drive? Like a, you were, you were all collectively motivated to, to, to achieve uh, this weird goal. Well, I would say that myself and Tyler and, and Dave were collectively motivated. I think Dave's girlfriend at the time, Liza, was the was maybe the only one who thought perhaps we could do other things. Um, and she's the one who heard screaming in the video, hmm. um, <laughs> hauntingly as it slows down. Uh, but the, you know, to be fair, like the thing about this is that uh, unquestionably, uh, Dave is the more risk-taking per- part of the two of us, mm-hmm. and and then uh, and then Tyler is the kind of person who think is not crazy risk-taking, and then you discover he's done things like you know longboarded down a very high hill, uh, in which and then flew through an intersection that happened to be green light at like Eglinton and Young. So um, he's like the enabler. Well, he doesn't. Uh, I think he doesn't. I, th- I think he. I think he is more dangerous than you. He's like you think he's a responsible person, and then he. Yeah. And then he's like, yes, we should do this, and you're like, well, you're the responsible one, and so and so. Once Dave said yes um, to this idea, and he was the one actually at risk, and so I think he sort of was presuming that I was not as dumb as I was at this point in time. I think he was sort of relying on me to to maybe kibosh a, temp- a temper a potentially very dangerous scenario. And I was not going to because I had already dragged this TV from like this was this was a lot of effort put into this thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, I don't know a lot of effort. Like I'm really using the fact that we put in a lot of upfront effort as the reason why we should carry through, which is I know generally a very problematic argument. Well, yes, and and I was uh, I was wondering um, what was your uh, your brother Dave's reaction at the time when you almost dropped the television on his head. And then he was at the event. Yes. When you told the story, and seeing that, uh, you know, he, like kind of hearing the story again, uh, was there, did he have an, an insight into the actual danger? Was there any regrets, thoughts? You know, with some time, after some time has passed and he had to revisit it with you. You know what? You'd think. Uh, <laughs> but we were both so happy with the shot. That it didn't matter. Like the shot was perfect. The yeah. shot was everything we could have asked for. You know, it was he had such a real reaction because it was accidental that we dropped it, and so he was not expecting it. Um, it worked into the cut. It was. To be fair, though, even if he was expecting it, 
it was still probably much more you know like a large more larger television than you would than you would think heavier like it's gonna oh fall, yeah it, like it's not the, the sound everything it. about it was more surprising than we anticipated yeah uh, which is something about the story actually as an include aside about just an inside interesting fact about the story is that it's one of the few stories that i think you tell and you hear and you think it was one way and then you see it and you're like oh no this was way dumber than we thought yeah you know it's one of those things where you don't you don't fully appreciate how stupid this was until I, you watch the video that's you know that's funny because i think what we what uh, what we're going to do or what we have done yes is to include the audio from that at the end of this mm. when you showed the video because I feel like the audience was there with you as you were telling the story and they're like, ah, this is just kind of a funny thing that you do in your youth, you know, when yeah. you're, you've got an ideal and you've got a, you're, you're doing it. And I think when they saw it, I don't want to say all of that went out the window, but they also were like, no. Yeah. And that, <laughs> and that, and that happened every time, right? Every single time, the, every single time I told that story, everyone was like, okay, yeah, you know, sure. You try to do thing. You kind of, yeah, kind of fun, blah, blah, blah. And then you saw the video and you're like, what exactly, yeah. what the fuck were you thinking is the reaction because, you know, it's, it was way closer than it seems like the, every single piece of it. And also it's way more, uh, makeshift than you'd imagine you know right. like when we describe it it sounds like we've planned a bunch of stuff this happened in my in in my sem- half basement apartment onto our kitchen table on a carpeted floor with a hockey lights sp- shining at dave's suited body like everything about this was probably on more dangerous than all than it would be obvious mm-hmm. um and you only really got get a sense of all the scope and magnitude of the of the of the of the ridiculousness of the scenario and when you watch the video yeah Hmm. okay so what would so i asked about your your brother then and now so let's say you could go back to how old were you when you did this the greatest thing about this is that everyone presumes it's way longer ago than it was uh i i think i would have been i guess 23 Right. So it really wasn't that long ago. No, yeah. It was not that long ago. Okay. Well, let's just say, uh, but I think you, you've maybe grown up a lot since then, let's sure. say. Yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah. All right. Like, uh, you know, to be honest, would I do this again? Is that the question? N- well, I, 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 my question was going to be, if you, Stephen, uh, mm-hmm. right now could go back and, um, you know, to Stephen when you're holding uh-uh, that sheet over the, the, the out of frame with the TV, uh, you could kind of just tap him on the shoulder. Well, maybe you don't want to tap him on the yeah, shoulder. Yeah, the TV. Um, but maybe before that, maybe when you're dragging the TV to the apartment mm. and you kind of came across him, you'd say, you know, what would you say to him? On, I wouldn't. I, honestly, I would be too scared to say anything to him because it all worked out as best as it possibly could have i feel like if at any moment i i, I wouldn't want to even you know i wouldn't want even a butterfly affect this thing i think i would i would you know because anything else going happening it, we were flirting with many types of danger um and also flirting with a wasting all our time and the fact that we simultaneously avoided serious injury and got the shot is a miracle mm. uh, like this is this this is people when they watch it see a very very stupid thing uh, what I see is perhaps the luckiest I've ever been in my entire life, you know. And and in some sense, it also proved a point, 
which was not even trying to drop a TV in someone's head is going to make anyone watch your goddamn videos, so stop. Uh, and so, you know, we, we made, it did not stop us. We made a bunch more, but it was a, it was certainly a, uh, it was a piece of the, like, like we could not keep matching that level of, uh, of entertainment mm-hmm. and, and no one was still watching your stuff. So it didn't matter. Well, uh, did you do any, anything else to endanger your, your brother's life? Um, on, 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 for this show? Uh, no, we, we did some other things that were kind of ridiculous. Uh, there was, there's one shot that I didn't get, which was too bad. Uh, which was, we had a couple episodes that, uh, that Liza was the, it was the main character. Uh, and there's a shot where she, uh, w- we didn't get the shot, but she had taken a shot of whiskey cause she was nervous right before doing the show. Uh, and there was a spider on the bottom of the shot of whiskey, like on the other side of the shot of whiskey. Mm. And, and then she freaked obviously. Um, but uh, but we didn't get that on, on film, mm. uh, and that was the closest to doing any serious damage. We, I shot him a bunch with a. I got I got, I got an episode where I got to shoot him a bunch with a Nerf gun. That was fun. Oh yeah. Yeah, but nothing 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 close to this. There was never another time where we were like, "What if we hit you with a two by four or something?" Mm-hmm. This was the one time we uh, we we went out of the. Could have you could still you know create <laughs> another show like a, another you know. And, uh, I still honestly like the idea of the show. Uh, that's the funny thing, but it, I don't, you know, it's, it's, it just, it's, it's currently dead, but who knows? Maybe, mm-hmm. maybe if this one video of almost um, going to get almost getting hit by a TV takes off again, we'll, uh, we'll consider reviving it. Uh, and this is, this is really where I do one of my, uh, my famous segues mm. or, uh, you know, as they say in, in journalism now a lot pivot, Ooh. we're doing the pivot. Okay. We're looking this way now. <clears throat> yeah, we're just going to look this way. Um, but we're just going to, uh, I just kind of wanted to wrap this up with uh, saying that we're going to then in the next few episodes with these, it's very exciting to, uh, you know, because sometimes you hear a story and you just have a lot of questions. Right. Uh, so I think we're just very, I mean, I don't want to speak for you, but uh, I'm excited uh, to hear uh, some behind the scenes stories from the storytellers that we've had. Oh yeah. I think I, to be, I feel like that's always the, some of the, the fun about this podcast is the, the opportunity to be like, so I heard that and now I want to know more. Well, and also it's part of uh, it's also the discussions sometimes we have mm-hmm. in the workshops where, you know, somebody will, they'll, they'll, they'll narrow those, their story down to what they want to say. They got to shave off a lot of, a lot of things, but, um, it's kind of nice that we get to hear. So we wanted to share. Yeah. You know. The cutting room floor, perhaps. Right. Uh, can, can, can I have a question how we, how, how we play this out? Actually, wait, no, I have a new idea. Never mind. Okay. Let's just, let's just, let's just thank everyone for listening. This was a long podcast. Uh, we appreciate your, uh, your ongoing commitment to listening to this particular show. And probably we could say anything right now because I don't know, there's very, if somebody were speaking to only probably people that make it all the way through podcast this long. Yeah. Like it's, this, this is the person who forgot they were playing it while cooking and now their hands are, are covered and they can't, and they can't actually, stop they can't it. stop it. So we can just keep talking almost. Although instead, right. uh, I'm just going to announce this week's sponsor. Oh. Uh, because <laughs> that was the best response. Because I imagine for the last five weeks we've had no sponsors. Uh, but this week's episode of the Stories Don't Tell podcast is brought to you by Screaming. 
Thanks for listening to the stories we don't tell. You can subscribe on iTunes, uh, where you can leave a comment. You also can like Facebook or our Facebook page, depending on how you feel. You can visit storieswedonttell.org for more information. Do you want to do a little a little sound check? Because you're always louder. Uh, the, 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 the,